Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Well, come on, church. Can we put our hands together and give Jesus one big ovation of worship all over this place? I think we could do a little bit better than that. Come on, can we give it up for King Jesus in this place? I love that, I love that, I love that. Well, why don't you stay standing for just a second? I want to read to you some scripture. If you don't mind, for just a second, we're going to read out of John chapter 16, verse uh, 5. It says this, that the work, this is the title of it. It just talks about the work of the Holy Spirit. This is what it says. This is Jesus speaking, and he says this to you and I. He says, but now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I told you. But watch what Jesus says. I love this. But in In fact, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, somebody shout advocate, all right, or the helper or the Holy Spirit won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. That's one set of scripture I want to read. And then I want to jump over to the book of Acts. I'm going to read up here on the screen uh, with you in just a second. But this is what Acts chapter 2 verse says. And today obviously is the day of Pentecost. And so for some of us that means a lot of different things. But I want to just read what the Bible has to tell us about the day of Pentecost. If you're ready, say I'm ready. ready. Say if you're ready, say I'm ready. All right, here we go. This is what it says. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. It says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly, somebody shout suddenly. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Watch what it does. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And I'm excited about today. I'm excited to bring you the message. This is the title of today's message. I want you to shout it back in just a second. It's this idea that the Holy Spirit comes. What's the title of today's message? Holy Spirit comes. I love that. I love that. Let me pray for us one more time, and then you can be seated. Jesus, thank you for today. We honor you. We love you. Thank you, King Jesus, for meeting us in this place. Holy Spirit, have your way. Speak to us as only you can. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said? I said everybody said? One more time as you're having a seat. Can we give Jesus a big old ovation across this room? I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, man, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for being here. And uh, I'm grateful uh, that we've been in this series called The Holy Spirit over the last few weeks together. And I think there's some confusion around this idea of the Holy Spirit. Maybe no one has ever talked about it. Maybe there's just been some bad packaging that we can all agree on uh, throughout this this church world and things like that. But our goal over the last few weeks and even today what I want to do is just spend some time uh, just talking 
talking to us about what the biblical view of the Holy Spirit looks like and what how you and I are, are to live, who the Holy Spirit is, the who, what, and how the Holy Spirit is kind of what we talked about uh, this series looking like. And so the first week we had an illustration. I wanted to illustrate just this idea that God is one God in three persons, right? So, so a lot of us, we can wrap our minds around this idea of God the Father because all of us have a Father, right? I, I can kind of understand that. I have a dad. My dad's sitting right there. We kind of get around this idea of God the Father. Uh, we can get around this idea of God the Son, but it's really hard for us when we just say the word Holy Spirit, it kind of just, you don't even know what to do with it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just something about it that you don't really know what to do. But I wanted to just tell us that week and wanted to really... If I could boil it down to one thing is that I wanted us to understand that the Holy Spirit is God. That, that He is God, that it's one God in three persons of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And then last week, my pastor, one of my pastors, Pastor Joel, come on, can we put our hands together and thank God for Pastor Joel? Last week, he's probably watching uh, right now. Uh, usually he watches and hangs out with us online. But I'll just tell you, man, brought a great message. And if you missed it, I would just encourage you, go back and listen to it for yourselves. Uh, I would just want you to know that his heart is for our church to understand the giftings that God has given us and that we're to use them to go out and make a difference wherever God calls us to go, right? And so if you missed last Sunday, please go check that out. I would be honored if you went back and commented on it. Be great just to show some love to one of our pastors and overseers here at Purpose Church. That would be awesome. And then today, uh, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit comes. But I just thought first, like in a, in a church, I, I think a lot of times, and let me just share with you again, today looked a little different, but don't get it mixed up. Just because it wasn't as loud doesn't mean that this place can't be a party still. You know why? Because we don't serve somebody that's dead. We serve a risen Savior. And so if you think just because the music was a little lower, let me encourage you really quick. Y'all can still talk back to me today. Y'all can still shout amen. Y'all can still say, preach it, white boy. You can say whatever you want. Because I'm going to preach to you from this idea of the Holy Spirit coming. But I just thought we'd start out with a little denominational joke, okay? Is that okay? I think last week, Pastor Joel, he had everybody kind of raise their hand and say, okay, how many of y'all grew up this way or that way? I think it's all okay. We're in this room together. We all have different backgrounds. If We just laugh a little bit at ourselves, right? We don't need to take ourselves so seriously all the time. I thought this was funny. I heard Pastor Chris Hodges speak this, uh, this uh, message, but also this, uh, this uh, joke that was really funny and I want to just share it with you guys uh, it's a denominational joke uh, and it goes a little bit something like this how many Church of Christ does it take to change a light bulb I right, said five you know why one to change the bulb and four others to serve refreshments come on somebody right I like that how many Catholics does it take to change a light bulb None. They use candles. Come on, right? That's good. How many Calvinists, which is kind of just a sect of, uh, technically, of the, the Baptist world, how many Calvinists does it take to change a light bulb? None. God predestined them when they should be on, right? I like that. How many Baptists does it take uh, to change the light bulb? Change. Who said anything about change? Come on, somebody. As you like that right there. All right. How many, love all my Baptist friends, my roots back in the day, okay? Uh, how many Pentecostals does it take to change a light bulb? It takes 25. You know why? One of them to change the light bulb and two dozen of them to bind the spirit of darkness. Come on, somebody, right? That's a good job. I don't care who you are. That's funny right there, all right? 
I like that. I think we can laugh a little bit because we got to all understand that we're coming into this idea of, uh, with different backgrounds, with different ideas, different church backgrounds, maybe no church background. And so what do we want to look at? We want to look at this idea of who the Holy Spirit is, how he's empowered you and I to go and make a difference in our world. And again, when you hear this word Pentecost, for a lot of us, uh, we're thinking, okay, you know, maybe makeup or no makeup and skirts and running and sh- swinging from chandeliers. I don't know what you think about whenever you think about the word Pentecost, but I, wanna, I want you to understand that the word Pentecost is actually a day or it's actually an event that we just read about in, in, at just the beginning of the service a second ago. And I want to take us on a little trip today, if you don't mind kind of go on a little history lesson together, but also walk through a couple things that I believe is going to empower you and I as we walk out this thing in life called salvation, being empowered by the Holy Spirit to go out and make a difference. Because ultimately, that's why we're here, right? Ultimately, that's what God has done on the inside of us so that we can go out and make a difference. But you need to understand, as we've even celebrated today with communion, that Jesus, we believe Jesus lived a perfect life, right? He lived 33 years right here on earth, and guess what he did? He was walking around and he died for our sins we believe he was put on a cross and he died and he he died for yours and my sin again as we were celebrating that with communion and they put him inside of a tomb and it was just a borrowed tomb again we celebrate a risen savior excuse me and guess what three days later Jesus got up out the grave is anybody excited that Jesus got up out the grave right so three days later he resurrected and then what happens is Jesus spends about 40 days in this new glorified body walking around saying hey I want you to understand, I'm Jesus. I was dead, now I'm alive. Look at my hands, look at my side. I want you to know, hey, I'm popping through, he's popping through walls. He's like walking through locked doors. He's awesome. This is incredible what Jesus is doing in his new glorified body. And then what happens is he says, hey, you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to ascend to the Father. I'm going to ascend to heaven. And then about 10 days later, what happens is, is Jesus has spoken about it so many times, but he says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. It's better that I go away because I, 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 I want to send the advocate. I want to send the helper to you, the Holy Spirit. And that's what happened. And we just read that in Acts chapter 2. The Bible tells us that on the day of Pentecost. So what we need to understand right there is that, that it was a day. Right? It was a day. It was not only was it a day, but it was actually a holiday in the Jewish calendar. I want you to know that. That Pentecost, that wasn't the first time that Pentecost was celebrated. It was actually a festival. We're going to walk through a few of those together today because I think it's going to help us understand the big idea of what God is trying to get across, what Jesus is trying to get across to us when it comes to this thing called the Holy Spirit. And I believe so many times what we have to look back is, is kind of the principles. Even in the Older Testament, there are principles there that we don't necessarily follow the same practices, but there are principles that are there that are pointing to the person of Jesus all throughout Scripture. We'll see that as we look at that because this is what Jesus' goal was. It wasn't to abolish all of the Older Testament. No, no, no. Jesus' goal, as he told us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, he says, hey, don't misunderstand why I'm here, all right? Don't, don't, don't miss the point of why I'm here on earth. I didn't come to abolish the law of Moses and the, and the writings of the prophets like the Older Testament. I didn't come to do that. I didn't come to abolish it. What did I come to do? I came to accomplish their purpose. So I, what I like to think of it as is that like, like the Older Testament is the train track, right? It's setting the direction. It's kind of the 
foreshadowing, and Jesus is the train, all right? So, like, he, he's the fulfillment of everything that the track was there for in the first place. And so, that's kind of what I think about when I think Older Testament and Newer Testament. And we see what Jesus is saying is, hey, you know what? I didn't come to abolish the Older Testament. I came to actually fulfill it. And again, what you and I can see and what I want to encourage us with today is that all throughout Scripture, all, all through the Older Testament, Newer Testament, that there is a plan that Jesus has for your life, and he wants to do something incredible with you. Does anybody in this place believe that today? Right, okay, cool. So I want to take us through a little, uh, a few of those holidays um, that we talked about that I said that Pentecost was. And the very first one that even we read while we were uh, taking communion together was this very first thing called Passover. How many of y'all have ever heard of Passover before? Come on, we're taking a little history lesson today together, a little, little Sunday school together, all right? That's where we're going to go. Hey, maybe you never heard of the Passover. That's okay. I want to just tell you a little bit about what the Passover actually is. But the Passover was a celebration of the Hebrew nation when they came out of Israel, uh, out of Egypt. I'm so sorry. So they come out of Egypt, and maybe you know that story, right? If you grew up in church, you know the story about how uh, the Hebrew nations go down to Egypt, and there's a famine, so they're trying to get some food, and they show up uh, in Egypt, and Pharaoh's like, hmm, there's a lot of y'all. I think I'm going to make you my slaves. And so what happens is, is the Hebrew nation gets stuck in Egypt for 400 years, right? There, there's generation after generation of slavery that's happening in Egypt with God's chosen people. And we see this taking place. And then there, God uh, sends a deliverer, right? Anybody know his name? Anybody remember his name? Moses, right? Yeah, Moses. And I don't know if y'all grew up in church. Y'all remember the, what Moses went to Pharaoh to do? He said this, Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Oh, baby, let my people go. Huh. All right? All right. I heard, some, I heard some Sunday school over here. All right? That's the, that's the saved crowd over there. All right? No, I'm just kidding. Just joking. But y'all remember what happened is, is Moses marches up to Pharaoh and was like, yo, you got to let God's people go. You got to get rid. Like, you got to let us go. We got a place that we got to be. It's a land that we've been promised, and this ain't it. All right? And so, so Pharaoh's like, no, baby. You ain't going nowhere. Right? And nobody leaving. Uh, and so what happens is God decides to send these plagues into Egypt. And what happens is, is those plagues begin piling up along the way. And you're thinking that Pharaoh's going to give in and say, hey, I'm going to let God's people go. But he doesn't. And then there's this very last plague, the tenth plague that takes place, uh, where God is saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to kill all the firstborn males uh, of flocks and of families all throughout Egypt unless you do something. Unless you take a lamb yourself and you, you take that lamb and you sacrifice that lamb. And then what I want you to do is on a door frame, you got to think about a door frame. I want you to put the blood of that lamb all over that door. And what happens is if your house does that, guess what I'm going to do? It's the name of the whole thing. I'm going to pass over you and your family will be spared. Your family will be saved through that. And so what I want us to understand is, is that what happened was that took place, that the, the Hebrew nation did those things. They... they would slaughter the lamb, they put the, the blood of the lamb over the Passover, uh, over the door, and, and that death angel would pass over their family. And so what happens is, ultimately, they're out of Egypt. 
that Pharaoh sets them free, and lots of cool stuff happens after that. But what God wants them to do and what he wants them to celebrate is the Passover every single year. So it's a big holiday, kind of like we have uh, a couple big holidays that we celebrate every year, like Easter and and like uh, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Kind of, There's three major ones that they would celebrate. There were seven in all, but three major ones. And the first one was Passover. And God is reminding them, wants them to remember when when, when Passover happens, wants to remind them of the faithfulness of God that he was a deliverer, that he was salvation is what he was from them. So, so God kind of gave him a couple of instructions really quick. We'll write these things down real fast. They're all going to pop up here on the screen together. But it says this, the Passover lamb uh, was sacrificed at 9 a.m. So as, as the people are, are really encouraged, encouraged by God to go out there and I want you to do these things, they, they would literally take the Passover lamb and they would sacrifice it at 9 a.m. Watch this. The next one is this. The lamb was put in the oven at 3 p.m. All right, so they had to crank up that oven, didn't have a little stovetop oven. You can just imagine for a little bit, it took a little while to get that rolling, but the lamb was put in the oven at 3 p.m. And you need to understand what this was signifying and what they were celebrating was the fact that the sacrifice covered their sins. So I want you to see that. That's a word that I want us to understand. So the reason why they would continue to do that every year is because that would be good enough for the year to cover the sins of that family, to cover the sins of those people. That, that they would take a lamb and they would put that over the, uh, the door facing and God would pass over. He would see them and say, you know what, your sins have been covered for a year. I, I think about that. Now I want you to understand and think about real quick that Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, did he? He came to fulfill the law. Watch this. Watch what happened uh, with Jesus in the New Testament. Guess what? I want you to understand that the week that Jesus was slaughtered, guess what it was? Passover. Do you know that? That he didn't come to abolish it. He actually came to fulfill it. Watch what happened. Jesus, watch this. Write this down. Jesus was sacrificed at 9 a.m. Listen, he was beginning to be hung on a cross that morning. Did you know how many hours he hung on that cross? Six hours. Do you know what time that was? 3 p.m. How crazy is this, the mere image of what God does in Scripture? I think it's so incredible of what happens. At 3 p.m., Jesus, guess what? He was put inside the tomb. He hung on a cross for six hours. And so he goes into the oven, the earth, right? He goes into the tomb. And watch what Jesus accomplished by dying on the cross and doing that was this. Is that his sacrifice removed our sins. I want you to understand, is there anybody that's thankful in this room that you have a past, that you've got a lot of mishaps, that you've had a lot of missteps, but because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, that your sin is as far as the east, is from the west, that is forgotten, it is removed, it is no more. Is there anybody in this room that's thankful for King Jesus? Yeah, I am. I'm so grateful for that. And I think we just got to see that. We got to understand that, that this is a celebration. Even as we take communion together today, it's a celebration of what Jesus did on the cross. Kind of mirroring the Older Testament with the Newer Testament. I think it kind of pairs it up pretty incredible because the Passover lamb from the Older Testament was a foreshadowing of Jesus being the Passover lamb. Even scripture confirms that. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 says this, that Christ... Our Passover lamb has been sacrificed for us. So, so really, what's this holiday, what's this idea of Passover really mean for you and I? You know what it means? It means salvation. That's really what it points to. It's salvation. 
right? And I want us to all understand that salvation is not something that we earn. It's not just that we get brownie points when we show up at church and, and we, we're here on time or, or, or we just come to purpose church. No, 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 no. I want us to understand as Ephesians 2, 8, 9 tells us that you are saved by grace through faith alone, right? It is through the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus alone. Nothing that I can do to earn it or, or be good enough or whatever. It's only by faith in Jesus. Anybody thankful for Jesus and salvation in this place? Can we give him three seconds of praise all over this house? I'm thankful. So, so I want us to see that that was one of the Jewish holidays that was celebrated, not only in the Old Testament, but Jesus fulfills that in the New Testament. Watch what happens. Uh, the second holiday I want you to write down, I want you to know, is the holiday of Pentecost. All right? So Pentecost, that's, that's a holiday. And, and some of us are so scared of that word right now, but I want you to know that the real meaning of that word really is just really simple. It's 50. It means 50. Pentecost really just kind of can be settled into this idea of 50. And I want to explain that. In just a second, it's 50 days after Passover, 50 days after Passover. So we celebrate Easter, right? Well, today, uh, uh, seven weeks or so, a, a few hours, right? Seven weeks and a few hours after Easter, guess what we're doing? We're celebrating Pentecost Sunday together, 50. That's, that, that's the thing that we need to see about that. So, so that's what they were celebrating uh, was this idea of Pentecost. What were they celebrating in the Old Testament when we're talking about this idea of Pentecost? Well, I want you to understand, write this down. They were celebrating uh, that not only now are they out of Egypt, that God had saved them from their, uh, their slavery and all of that, that God was salvation and Passover, but now that they're at this bottom of this mountain and the presence of God is there, and what happens is, is that they uh, in Exodus have exited Egypt and now they're at the bottom of this mountain, Mount Sinai, and they are going to hear from God. They want to know the heart of God, and we see that God gives them the Ten Commandments, right? We see that taking place. So what I want us to understand, we're taking a little trip today together, all right? Everybody still okay? Everybody okay? This means yes in Kentucky. Come on. All right, good. All right, you're good? So, so I want us to understand that they're gathered around this mountain, and what happens is you need to understand that at, at Pentecost, what took place, even in the Older Testament, there's a few things that distinguish that day whenever they were celebrating getting the law from God. Uh, that very first day, uh, when they got the, the Pentecost in the Older Testament, when they were getting the law from God, a cloud descended with a loud noise and a fire. I think we need to understand that, that that took place in the Older Testament. It was wild. I got to reading on it a little bit last night, even some more. And Man, it's just a fascinating thing of all that, all that God was wrapped up in this mountain. Just, just, it was incredible, right? A cloud descended with a loud noise and a fire. Watch what happened next. God wrote his law on tablets of stone. So they're celebrating with Pentecost. They were celebrating the fact that God had given them the law. That God had given them instructions on how to live. That they were supposed to live in a certain way that would honor God. But guess what? They got tired of waiting on Moses and God up on top of the mountain. So you know what they did? They took their wedding rings. They took all these rings. They molded them down. They, they melted them down and formed them into a calf, right? And they started worshiping this little golden cow, all right? This little golden cow at the bottom. And guess what? Because of their disobedience to the things of God, did you know if you read in Exodus chapter 32 that 3,000 people died that day? 3,000 people died that day because of their unfaithfulness. And I think about that. I think about uh, what that looks like. That even 50 days after Passover, they were celebrating that this would be a ritual where every single year 
they would celebrate the law being given to them, of what God wanted them to do with their life, of how he wanted them to live. And I think, fast forward to the New Testament, how is this happening in the New Testament? This day of Pentecost we see is the day where the Holy Spirit descended on the believers, descended on the church. How did that happen? Watch what it is. The Holy Spirit descended with a loud sound and a fire. Right? I think we got to see that. I think that's something that's happening. Isn't it cool? Just the mere images of kind of the foreshadowing of what the Older Testament was saying was coming in the New Testament. I think it's so incredible. Not only that, but what happened then was that God wrote the law on our hearts. You know what that means? That the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is now telling you and I which way to live, what God's will is for our life, what, which way we should go, and, and how we should be able to follow Him. Like, that's written on the inside of us now. And I think about what happened that day at the day of Pentecost, and I want you to understand that there was this guy named Peter, and we all know about Peter, but Peter, just a few chapters back, had just denied that he knew Jesus three times. Even to a little girl, was like, I don't even know who you're talking about. He cussed her out even, okay? So I want you to know that that same Peter, on the day of Pentecost, guess what? After he was empowered and filled by the Holy Spirit, guess what he went out and did? He stood in front of an entire crowd of people. And you want to know how many people got saved that day? I bet you can guess if you think back to the Older Testament. 3,000 people got saved that day because of the boldness that he had on the inside of him. The power that he had received in the form of the Holy Spirit. And so what does Pentecost mean for you and I? What does this have anything to do with us? You know what Pentecost means to you and I? This is what it means. It's the power to go out and make a difference. That you will receive power. What's the Bible tell us in Acts chapter 1 verse 3? He's telling, the, the, the Bible tells us during the 40 days after that Jesus had suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. I thought you said 50, Dustin. It is. Let me show you in just a second. 40 days he appeared from them time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once he was eaten with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift or the Holy Spirit that he promised as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so what I want you to understand is that you and I, when we receive the Holy Spirit, guess what happens? It's not just for you and I. Watch what the Bible tells us. The whole Holy Spirit on the inside of us is for, watch this. It's you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You know what that means? That you and I have a power to go out and make a difference. That Pentecost, what that means for us, is that we will receive power from God through His Holy Spirit to go out into Jerusalem. Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Again, the whole idea around this whole thing of Pentecost was the power to go and make a difference. And the last one I'm just going to mention because I don't want to spend a lot of time on this was a, uh, uh, the third holiday was the, the, the tabernacles, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles was what it was called. And what they would do is Passover and Pentecost happened in the spring. Uh, but what would happen is, is that the tabernacle holiday would take place in the fall. And what would happen is they were wandering and living in this desert for 40 years, but God told them to remind them that, hey, 
You know what I want you to understand? That yes, you need to celebrate my delivering you. Yes, you need to celebrate the power and the law that I gave you. But now you also need to celebrate uh, the fact that even while you were wondering that I was still providing a place for you. Even while you were in a, in a portable church. Okay, come on somebody, right? Even while you were tearing up, setting up and tearing down every week. Even while you were doing that, that I was still a provider for you. And then what happened is he brought them into their final home, right? He brought them into the promised land that God had promised these people, the Hebrew nation, he had promised them. And they celebrated that during the harvest season. Now, again, fast forward to the Newer Testament. We're not going to spend a whole lot more on this one because I want to really talk about the Pentecost, the power that you and I receive to make a difference. But this is what I want you to understand is that we are living on a temporary earth. Right, we're living in this temporary earth suit. The, the, the dichotomy between the Older Testament and the New Testament are so similar in the fact that, guess what? We're living in a portable tent right now, right? We're living in a portable life. But guess what? One day you and I have a permanent place where it's in the presence of Jesus. And what will happen is, is, did you know that there's going to be a great final harvest that takes place right before Jesus comes back? Do you know that? I just want to just share with you guys really quickly. That did you know in the last 20 years, uh, from 2000 to 2020, that more people have accepted Jesus in the last 20 years than the previous 2,000 years combined? Do you know that? That the gospel is not dead, that the church is not dead, but that Jesus is alive and it's spreading and we get a part of, be a part of that, right? So you're saying, Dustin, we living in the last days? I don't know. I don't know if we are or not, but hey, let's get ready and let's get as many people on the Jesus bus as we can before it happens, right? That's my heart. That's our heart for our church. And so I think about that again. Uh, what, what the Bible tells us is that Jesus, literally, the Lord himself will come down from heaven. That's what's going to happen. And so this whole idea of the tabernacles, this holiday, again, what it points to is the second coming of Jesus, right? It's the second coming of Christ. And so I believe there's three those three important holidays that you and I need to kind of celebrate, we need to kind of understand that they mean for us, is Passover means salvation for you and I. So what that means is that you and I, when we accept Jesus, and I believe that you should accept Jesus, you should say yes to a relationship with him because he's so good, he's so refreshing. What he does, he takes the old and he begins to input new. First of all, gives you a new name. You're no longer the old person. You are a new creation in Christ. The last name of you is now, you belong to Jesus, right? I'm so thankful for salvation through Jesus. And then, not only that, but you are going to receive power. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you gives you and I the power to go out and make a difference. And guess what? We're going to keep making a difference until Jesus comes back one day. Come on, somebody, right? So, so what I want us to do, and this is what I want us to end on, there's three things I want to share with you. And if Jake uh, and Blakely, if y'all don't mind coming back up here really quick and grabbing those guitars. We ain't got spirit keys this week. Mr. Kyle's on vacation. But guess what? We got some spirit uh, strings. There we are. That's That was it. That was it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> So, so I want to I just tell you, what does the Holy Spirit empower me to do? I want us to think about that. What does the Holy Spirit empower you and I to do? The first thing I want you to write down, and all these are going to kind of be the same sentence, and the last word is going to change. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live righteously. Somebody shout righteously. Somebody shout it. Shout righteously. That's a wild word to say, I know. But here's what I want you to understand what that means. What that means for you and I 
is that the Holy Spirit's one of his works that he'll do. And what he begins to do is he begins to change the desires that are within you and I. Right? No longer do I desire the things that I used to desire before I knew Jesus, but now the Holy Spirit is inputted and is going to be taken. Okay, that's too much dust in. Let's go ahead and take that out. I'm going to put some more of me in there. I'm going to put some more of my joy, some more of my peace, some more of my patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I'm going to take that out of Dustin, and I'm going to input myself in there. And what he begins to do is he begins to change yours and my desires. Look at what Romans chapter 8 verse 9 tells us, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. No, 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 no. You are controlled by the what? Spirit. Now you're controlled by the Spirit. If you know Jesus, guess what he's going to start doing? He's going to start speaking to you. The Holy Spirit's going to start speaking to you and, and begin to do a work on the inside. And again, no longer do we have just necessarily a tablet where the God's law is written on it. Guess what he's going to start doing? He's going to start saying, hey, this is the way I want you to go. This is what my word says that I want you to go back to. This is what the Bible is teaching you. This is where I'm prompting you. And what begins to happen is the Holy Spirit will begin to talk to you. And he'll say, no, 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 don't go over there. You don't need to go over there. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I, hey, I've called you to something else. There's something better for you. Or, or, hey, you know what? You need to do that. You need to take that job. You need to take that next step. You need to do that thing. I'm I call them Holy Spirit nudges, right? It just nudge you enough for, for you to have that faith to take a step. He'll speak to you and say, hey, take this. Do that. Go there. Go ahead. And that voice of truth will begin to speak into your spirit. What happens is, is that the Holy Spirit will begin even to help you make decisions, right? Like a lot of times what will happen is there may be an obvious choice in front of you and I. But what the Holy Spirit will do is say, hey, you know what? I know that might look obvious, but I've got a better way over here. I've got a way that I want you to go over here. i got somebody I'm calling you to reach that's on this other path, not that path that looks as obvious. And I think about that in the alleys in my life, and I think about Purpose Church being a little over two years old and I remember a season stepping out of ministry for a little while, and there were opportunities that were there for us. Uh, like, like I'll just tell you, like we could have been youth pastors anywhere or something like that. There was a couple different offers that we had, and all of the like the the intangibles of okay, we know what's going to happen. We're kind of on a sheet, right? We had like this. Uh, we know we could do this. Okay, we knew the we knew kind of a, a roundabout number that we were going to be able to make at this place, and all of these other things that were happening over here. And on the other side of it, we had uh, this idea and this, this thing on the inside of us that we couldn't shake no matter where we visited, no matter what we did, and it was you. It was sitting in front of you right now, and I, 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 as, as, as I try to tell Allie all the time, like, babe, I, I've got this vision of, of what I see, and what I'm able to see is I see your faces whenever I was praying for what Purpose Church would look like. And I can see you there. And I can see you sitting there. And, and we talked about it and we prayed through it and we fasted through it. And we were like, Lord, we don't know what we want. This side over here, there ain't a lot of knowns, okay? Everything's unknown on this side, on the Purpose Church side. These other things, man, that, that was known. But what the Holy Spirit did for us it was, it was a nudging. It was a saying, you know what? No, no, no. That may look like the obvious choice, but guess what? 
I've got something better on the other side of it. And guess what? Y'all are the better. I love looking at you now thinking, oh my gosh, Lord, thank you for what you did. Thank you for speaking and shutting doors and saying no there. And I, I haven't listened to the Lord perfectly every time, but I'm so grateful that I get to stand in front of you and just say, man, I, I prayed for you. We have prayed for you. And we are so thankful that the Holy Spirit guided us and directed us to start Purpose Church so that I could be in front of you, just doing life with you, serving beside you. Is there anybody that's thankful for Jesus in this place and his Holy Spirit that he does that? The next thing, next thing I want you to know, is that, that not only does the Holy Spirit empower you to live righteously, but guess what? Now you can live supernaturally. Now you have the ability to live supernaturally. Let me just stay on this for just a second real quick, because this is what I want you to know, is that the Holy Spirit empowers you to live supernaturally. I think we all can agree that Jesus lived a supernatural life, right? Right? Can we all agree? If we do, wave at me. Come on. Agree that Jesus lived not just a natural, supernatural, Right? Like he did, he, he, was, he was healing people, there were signs and wonders, there was miracles happening all around and through Jesus' life. What I think about is that scripture that we started off with today, that hey, it's better for me that I go away and I send you the Holy Spirit. You know why? And he goes on to tell us uh, in John 14 verse 12, and I may have gave him the wrong thing right here, I think I said John 12, 12, but it's John 14, 12, and it says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and watch this, and even greater works, and even greater works, because I'm going to be with the Father. Can I make a bold statement real quick? Come on, all two of you said yeah. All right, can I make a bold statement real quick? Yeah, okay, here it is. It doesn't have to be goofy, spooky, weird, crazy, all the man-made things sometimes that we make it out to be for us to believe that God is still a great physician, that is still on the throne, that he's not closed down shop, that he is still healing, he's still performing miracles, he's still giving signs and wonders. And I want Purpose Church to be a place that's open to whatever God wants to do. Is there anybody that's thankful for God? I just want to declare that today. If we believe that, I believe that healing wants to take place in this house. I believe that signs and wonders wants to take place in this house. And I believe it's not for our glory. It's not for our, our good necessarily. It's so that we can make much of Jesus. It's so that we can point to the power and the wonder working powers we used to sing back in the church day. Right? The wonder working power of Jesus. The wonder-working power of the Holy Spirit. Watch. I, I just tell you guys, I don't, I don't want us to build a church that, that says, oh, that's good, that's good worship. It is good worship, right? Come on, can we get up for our worship team every week, leading us every week? I don't want to build a church that just, oh, that's, that's a great kids team. We got a fantastic top-of-the-line kids team, don't we? Come on, everybody, give it up for our kids team. Coffee team. I mean, uh, greeting, parking lot. It's hot outside. They're still waving you and smiling. I love that. I don't want to do all of that. I don't want to do all of those things to show off ourselves. You know what we want to do? We, we want to do those things. You know why? So that we can point to the power and the wonder-working power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Watch what the Bible says. Uh, it says this, uh, what Paul said. He said, my messages and my preaching were very plain. Understand that you've got an unschooled, ordinary dude standing in front of you. But why I love what Paul said, rather than un, using clever and per, persuasive speeches, what do we rely on? 
What do we rely on at Purpose Church more so than, than uh, uh, drumming and uh, lights and movers and all this other kind of stuff? You know what we rely on more than that? The Holy Spirit. You know what we want to be known for? The fact that we are welcome to the Holy Spirit doing whatever He wants to do. That I want us to be said of us that I, that we, that Purpose Church relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. And again, I did this so that you wouldn't trust in, in human wisdom, Paul was saying, but that we would trust in the power of God. I believe God is calling us, empowered us to live supernaturally. Look at me really quick. I believe that he wants to heal your family. I believe that he wants to heal your marriage. I believe that that's that family member that's far from him, that the Holy Spirit is drawing him into, into, into Jesus in a relationship with him because of the goodness and kindness of our Father. I believe that you can be set free from that addiction that you've been walking in. There is power available, and it's available to you and your situation through the power of the what? The Holy Spirit. I believe that with all my heart. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live righteously. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live supernaturally. And the last thing, the Holy Spirit empowers me to live on mission. To live on mission. I want you to know that we believe that God has called you to live on mission, to live on purpose for Him. I, I want to say another thing that's pretty bold today. If you're looking for a church that, that's just all about us, and all about you and all about just, just our needs and our issues. Well, listen, let me encourage you. Purpose Church may not be that church. Because, and again, listen, my heart is I want to pastor you. I want to encourage you. I want to I help you. But God has not just called us to help only us and no more us for and no more and just kind of stay in our little corner. No, no, no. Jesus has called us to live on mission. And he didn't give us the mission without empowering us with some power in the Holy Spirit to go out and accomplish the mission. You know why? The mission is way bigger than us. I couldn't do it on my own. You couldn't do it on our own. But the Holy Spirit empowers you and I to go out and live on mission. I believe that we're called at Purpose Church right here by God and empowered by the Holy Spirit to feed the hungry in Jesus' name. I believe that we're called by God, empowered by the Holy Spirit to help plant life-giving churches that may or may not have the name Purpose Church on it, but that are reaching communities and places where there are no churches. I believe that we're called and empowered by the Holy Spirit to serve uh, the women and the children that are in sex trafficking around the world, that we're to called and empowered to go and make a difference in that arena. I believe that we're called and empowered to, to go out and reach college students who come to Murray State that are far from God, that are living for themselves, that are living for anything. They're living for Friday night. But I, I feel so strongly that Purpose Church is called and empowered by the Holy Spirit, you know what, to make a difference in the, in the darkness, to make a dent in hell, that we're to go after college students with everything that we've got and introduce them to the person and the saving grace of Jesus Christ, that we're called and empowered by the Holy Spirit to make a difference in Jerusalem, a.k.a. Murray, in Judea, a.k.a. Kentucky, in Samaria, the United States of America, and to the ends of the world. And I just want you to know that Purpose Church, we don't exist for us, but we are the
the church and we exist for the world. Is there anybody that's thankful that the Holy Spirit has empowered us to go out and make a difference wherever we're called to go? Come on, y'all can do a little bit better than that. Let's give it up for King Jesus. That we're empowered, we're to live off on mission. And guess what? We have to have the Holy Spirit's power in order to accomplish it. In order to accomplish it. But here's what I want to challenge you. It all starts, you know where the beginning point is? Relationship with Jesus. That the Holy Spirit's drawing you into this place today. That he's, You're watching online and maybe you, you realize, you know what, I'm a sinner, I'm far from God, but I need, a sal- I need a Savior, I need Jesus to save me. Well, today could be the day that you say yes to a relationship with God, with Jesus. So what I'm going to ask you to do is bow your heads and close your eyes. You're in this place and you may say, you know what, or you're watching online, I need Jesus. I need a relationship. I need forgiveness in my life. Well, I would just love to just walk you through what that looks like, walk you through what salvation can feel like, what it can look like, and want you to know that we all have messed up, including a guy with a microphone on in his hand, right? I have messed up many, many, many times. I want you to know that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God, but Jesus, but God provided his one and only son for you and I, that if we will put our faith and our trust in him, that we will not perish but have everlasting life. If you would say yes to a relationship with Jesus, that doesn't mean that your life's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that your life is going to be just, uh, all the buttons are going to be buttoned up and it's going to be just right all the time and easy from this point forward. No, 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 that's not what that means. It just means that no matter what you go through, there was somebody that saved you, that loved you, that, 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 that died on the cross for your sins. And you don't have to make the payment for your sin. Jesus did. So you're in this room or you're watching online and you want to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. Here's what I'm going to have you do. I'm going to have you say something like this. Just say, dear Jesus, come in my life. Save me. Help me live for you. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you got out of the grave. And I put my faith and trust in you, Jesus. Now, fill me with your spirit. Empower me with your spirit. Give me power so that I can go and do the things that you've called me to do. Maybe you're in this room or maybe you're watching online. That's something you just prayed. Something you just prayed that that you just said yes to Jesus. First of all, we always say it. We're going to celebrate that. Come on, church, can we put our hands together and just celebrate that, that people made that decision together? I love that. And then we're going to ask you to do something. Whether you're watching online or in this room, would you know that, that we want to know that you made that decision? So we're going to ask you to do something. We're going to ask you if you're in this room. We've got teams along the wall that would love to connect with you. We want to give you a Bible, right? We don't, we don't just want to just count a number and say, oh, good, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we want to make a connection. We want you to get to know somebody. We want to give you a Bible that you can start reading that's easy to understand. It's the same translation that I preach from a whole lot of times. And so I'll just tell you, I would love to put that in your hands. Our team would love to pray with you. And so if you just made that decision to say yes to Jesus, if you want to stand to your feet, and make your ways to the walls, uh, that would be awesome. Our team is going to be moving just in case. You're not the only one that's going to be moving, just so you know. And if you're online, if you would just text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488, that lets us know that you made that decision to follow Jesus today. I love that. I love that. I love that. Come on, church. Can we celebrate that? Can we lift our heads, and can we stand to our feet? Can we put our hands together today for the King of kings and the Lord of lords, King Jesus? Come on, y'all could do better than that. We're talking about King Jesus in this place. I love that. Thank you. 
Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of today. Again, I know today's a little different, but I'm excited. I'm glad that you are here. We'll get back to loud and wild next week, all right? But I felt like the Lord just said, hey, we're going to pause. We're going we're to take a step back, and we're going to remember why we do it. We're, we're going to just strip it down. At the end of the day, guess what? Those lights cannot work. That sound system can, keep, can just stop working. It can fall off of that stand. Hopefully not on anybody, but like it can fall off. That these lights may not work, that, that this stage may fall to the ground. And guess what? I promise you as the leader of this church, we will continue to lift up the name of Jesus no matter what. That, that the power of Jesus is not in some sound equipment, but we're going to do it very excellently. We're going to do it the best that we can. We're going to have fun in church. But guess what? No matter what happens, no matter what any day may look like, guess what? We're going to stand on the fact that the power is, and we're not relying on the sound equipment. We're relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. If you agree with that, can you put your hands together one more time? I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, listen, I'm so excited. Maybe you've been saved recently. I just want to tell you there's a couple next steps that we would love to walk uh, you through. Uh, one of those is baptism. And, and before we get into that, if you don't mind, our usher team is going to come to the front. They're going to start passing these offering containers around. And if this is your first time at Purpose Church, this is not for you. This is for the people that call Purpose Church home. It's the time when we just give back to God. We get to give uh, because we've been giving so much. And so if you don't mind just passing that around, and maybe you give online. Don't feel uncomfortable if you're passing it and not doing anything. Listen, we give online. I would be passing the container as well. I just want to tell you, thank you for what you give. Thank you for your generosity. Because of your generosity, we are able to do immeasurably more than, than what we could do on our own or just by ourselves when we collectively come together, believing in the vision that God has given us here at Purpose Church. We're going to reach people. We're going to connect them to Jesus. We're going to help them live on purpose with some power in their life as they go out and make a difference wherever they're called to go. That's what we're going to be about. That's the church that we're going to be. It may be in this facility. It may be in Save-A-Lot down the road one day. I'll tell you about that hopefully soon. Uh, it may be whatever happens, but I'll just tell you we're going to do it no matter where we're called to do it at, all right? I love that. Okay, two other things. Baptism is coming up in a few weeks, all right? Baptism Sunday. Come on, can we celebrate baptism Sunday, right? We got cowbells. We've got like, like free t-shirts for everybody's getting baptized. We want your family to be there. If you uh, are a candidate for baptism, if you've recently been saved or, or maybe you've never gone public with your faith or maybe you did that a long time ago and you just did not even mean it, but you just, you, you just want to go public with your faith. I know, I, I've met Jesus since then. I know who Jesus is. i got a relationship. I want everybody out there to know it. Well, we're going to be baptizing two weeks from today. All you got to do is uh, text the word baptism to that same number, 270-229-6488. Let us know uh, that you want to get baptized. Also, we got crew launch coming up in just a few weeks, and maybe you're interested in uh, leading a crew. Because leaders, man, we need you. We love you. We're glad that you want to be able to lead some people uh, uh, in a crew. And maybe you're like, yo, I could never do that. There's no way. I could ever do that. Well, I'll just tell you, today, you can be at, at HQ at 1 p.m. this afternoon, and we'll show you how easy it is to be able to lead a crew. How many of y'all love your crew? Anybody in here love their crew? I do. Love our crew. Our crew's the best. We love, not like ours is the best. I'm just saying, like, our people are the best. I love them. I'm so grateful for our crews, and I can't wait to launch those off in two weeks as well, all right? Let me pray for you, and I can't wait to see you back next weekend. Memorial Day weekend, but we're going to have some church up in here, and we got a special 
special day planned for you. I can't wait to see you back next Sunday, all right? Let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you for today. God, I pray the Holy Spirit that you would just bless my friends, that you would keep them, that you would turn your face towards them, that you'd shine your favor upon them, and that this week when they're walking through whatever they might be walking through, that God, would you give them peace. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.